Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show and Happy New Year. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie, and I have an exciting show planned for you today. It is a new year, and we'll be talking New Year resolutions uh, and also the Feast of the Epiphany. And for all of you perhaps newly health-conscious folks, I'll even share a healthy recipe with you today. It's going to be my Lebanese lentil and spinach soup. But first, I want to talk about the elephant in the room. Do you see it? The big epiphany elephant? (laughs) The church in the United States celebrated the Feast of the Epiphany yesterday, January 3rd. But traditionally, the feast is celebrated on January 6th. You know, the 12 days of Christmas and all. This might be the topic of tomorrow's show, by the way. I'm thinking of calling it Movable Feasts. Uh, Kind of a play on words there. You might get that. Uh, But for now, I'll just point out the fact that the church allows national bishop conferences to move certain feast days from their traditional dates to the closest Sunday so that more of the faithful can participate in the celebrations. You know, personally... I'm not really a fan of this. I'm obedient, of course, to the church, uh, but I I don't, I don't like this trend. I understand why we do it, but, uh, you know, truth be told, I'm really more of a liturgical purist, um, a historical purist. I like keeping the how and the why of things intact. And we are going to be talking about uh, the Epiphany just a little bit today, a big feast day. And uh, I kind of thought because it is a big feast day and there's a lot of traditions uh, both around the world, also here locally in South Louisiana, uh, associated with the Feast of the Epiphany or King's Day, as it is sometimes uh, referred to, I thought that we could spend a couple of days talking about this. I do want to give you, of course, if you think South Louisiana and, and, and Epiphany and King's day, what is the first thing that you think of? Well, if you're from down here, it's king cake, right? Matter of fact, uh, in the grocery stores uh, today, you will find king cakes uh, readily available in the bakeries and the grocery stores down here. And uh, there's a tradition that I want to share with you about king cakes. I also, of course, would love to share with you my recipe uh, for King Cake. I've had over the years a number of uh, readers uh, from of CatholicFoodie.com and also listeners of the show who have uh, written in over the years to, to thank me for uh, sharing the tradition and kind of the rationale behind it and also uh, the recipe for the King Cake. It was something they were able to incorporate uh, in most instances uh, with their own families and in some cases with their students because I have uh, uh, listeners and readers who are teachers and they've brought this uh, this tradition, uh, this culinary and, and faith tradition to their students, which is pretty cool if you ask me. So I do want to talk about that over the next couple of days. The traditional uh, date uh, for the Epiphany is January 6th, and that's two days from now. That's uh, the Wednesday. And, uh, you know, according to the church, right, liturgically, we have already celebrated that feast day. But I'll tell you how confusing this is for us down here. You know, king cake is a big deal, right? Mardi Gras season is a big deal. Mardi Gras season actually begins. It is a season, by the way. It's not a liturgical season, not a season in the church, but it is certainly a cultural season down here in South Louisiana, New Orleans. And uh, we begin that celebration. We begin that season of carnival uh, with the Feast of the Epiphany. And so most New Orleanians, right, culturally speaking, not not liturgically, not not like Catholicly, 
and that's not even a word, but uh, <laughs> liturgically, uh, not speaking liturgically, um, most Catholics down here, most New Orleanians down here, they, uh, they'll think of Wednesday as being the official day, right? Because it's January 6th. And that's important because historically that feast day is celebrated on January 6th. That is 12th, the 12th day, right? The 12 days of Christmas. That's what it's all about. And that's why it's so confusing. We're sitting uh, uh, earlier, uh, uh, sitting down, talking to my, my wife earlier. And, and she said, so we're going to make a king cake Wednesday. I'm like, well, why Wednesday? You know, why, why not? Why not yesterday? <laughs> Because <laughs> we already celebrated the epiphany. It's here. It's done. And that's why it's just so confusing. I don't know if you can find this as, as confusing as I do, but uh, it can be a, con- a conundrum. It's a conundrum down here. So I want to share that with you. Also, uh, uh, tomorrow, thinking about really talking about the whole concept that the church has with movable feasts and how, how do we handle that? How do we deal with that in our own families? You know, because I know that my family, since it is my family, I've already told you I'm a liturgical purist. I'm a historical purist. I like to keep, how did I say that? I said, I, I, I like keeping the how and the why of things intact, right? I like to keep it together as, as it, as it was in the beginning. And that's how it was in the beginning with this uh, celebration, this liturgical celebration. Uh, and, and so for me and for my family, we tend to just want to stick with those dates, right? The, the original dates, but there are a lot of feasts throughout the church year where we have this sort of issue that, that, that pops up. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, hopefully tomorrow today, uh, I do want to talk about, um, new year's. It is new year's, but before we get into doing that, I was, uh, there's one, one, um, tradition that deals with the epiphany that, uh, we have done in my family a number of times, you know, as my kids were growing up, getting, you know, when they were small and they were growing up, uh, they're teenagers now. And so it's a little bit different. Um, however, it's a tradition that I really like. I don't know if you've heard of this before. It's where you, you use blessed chalk and you mark over the, the doorway, the entranceway to your home. Have you heard of this before? Uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. It's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a special house blessing that's done on the Epiphany. Um, and in some parishes, they actually bless chalk and you would take the chalk home and you could do this. Uh, if you don't have that available, then, uh, you know, the best way that you can, you can, there's an actual blessing of the chalk that you could do at home, asking the Lord to bless the chalk and then, um, uh, doing this, this blessing of, of the home. And I want to talk with you about this, uh, right now. Very interesting. There is a link, uh, with, with an article that goes to the whole thing here. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I, when it comes to like liturgical, pure, you know, the, the, the liturgy and also history, I, I'm a purist. However, when it comes to like practical things, like in the home with family, I, I, I can bend the rules. <laughs> For instance, if here we are the day after the epiphany, if you haven't done this yet and you want to do it, I don't see any reason why you can't do it today. You know, or you can't do it on Wednesday, the traditional date for the epiphany. You know, if I'm doing a novena uh, with my family and we miss a day, we don't give up. We just make that day up and we continue on. You see, so for some things, uh, it's good to be flexible and it's good to uh, to kind of roll with the punches because life sends us punches sometimes. So this year, I have to tell you, we did not do this this year. We haven't done this in a number of years, but, uh, but we have done this before and, and more than once. And it's, I think a very beautiful blessing because 
in addition to keeping our house and our eyes focused on the Lord, it, it helps us to keep our eyes open for opportunities of hospitality. And that's something that I want to talk more about in this year, this coming year of this year of mercy, and also this year, this new year, 2016. So I will put a link in the show notes to this particular article, Chalking the Door, an Epiphany House Blessing. This comes from Carmelites.net. So it's every year, uh, the Carmelite pre-novitiate community, the community there in Chicago on the Feast of the Epiphany blesses their home. It's not something that just religious do. It's something also that, that families do. This is traditional. You'll find families all over the world that do this. Uh, we invite you to adopt this custom in your family. You know, the family gathers to ask God's blessing on their home and on those who live in or visit the home. It's an invitation for Jesus to be a daily guest in our home. Our comings and goings, our conversations, our work and play, our joy and sorrows. We want Jesus to be with us in all of that and to bless us. And a traditional way of doing this is to use chalk to write above the home's entrance. For this year, as an example, it would look like this, 20 plus capital C plus capital M plus capital B plus 16. So that's how it looks all the way across there. And of course, all these letters and numbers have meanings, right? The letters C, M, and B have two meanings. They are the initials of the traditional names of the three magi, Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. And they also abbreviate the Latin words Christus Mansionum Benedicta, Benedict. Benedicat. There we go. I got it right. Christus Mansionum Benedicat. Uh, may Christ bless the house. The plus sign, of course, represents a cross, and 2016 is the year. Now, if you were going to do this, you can have a very simple blessing of the chalk. This is what it would be. Again, the link is going to be in the show notes. You don't have to take notes here. Just listen to this. It's beautiful. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The Lord shall watch over your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. And then you have a prayer here. Loving God, bless this chalk which you have created, that it may be helpful to your people, and grant that through the invocation of your most holy name, that we who use it in faith to write upon the door of our home the names of your holy ones, Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar, may receive health of body and protection of soul for all who dwell in or visit our home. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now, the instructions are as follows. You know, using the blessed chalk, mark the lintel of your front door or the French, front, French, not French, front porch, front porch step as follows. 20 plus C plus M plus B plus 16 while saying the three wise men, Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar follow the star of God's son who became human 2015, 2015 years ago. May Christ bless our home and remain with us throughout the new year. Amen. And there's another another uh, a blessing that you could pray after that is uh, that that uh, after you actually mark the door, and and it really focuses on hospitality. You know, this is just one of the ways I think one of the small ways, especially if you have kids in the house, that you could bring the family together for a for a liturg- a small liturgical rite, a very informal one of prayer that really can kind of help kids grasp the meaning of the Christian life and what we're called to. We're called to love. We're called to hospitality. We're going to talk more about this after the break. You are listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. And we're talking today about, well, the new year. You know, we are in a new year, 2016. Very exciting year. Uh, the, the year of mercy is something that I'm very, very excited about. And uh, so much that we could talk about, and we will talk about uh, mercy, especially uh, in the context of hospitality as we go through this year here at The Catholic Foodie over at catholicfoodie.com and here on the show, The Catholic Foodie Show. But I want to talk to you right now about resolutions. Have you made your New Year resolutions yet? You know, that's something that people agonize over typically uh, toward the end of the year. In December, it can also kind of over overshadow, I think, sometimes our Christmas joy. Don't you think? I look on social media, Facebook, and I see people, some people freaking out about it, <laughs> agonizing over it, whether they're business owners and they're trying to figure out, you know, what new thing are they going to do? What, how are they going to do things differently than the new year? Or whether it's families who, for whatever reason, feel like um, they fell short in a few areas uh, in their family life the previous year, and they want to make some changes for the new year. Uh, you know, traditionally, there are certain resolutions that that uh, most people tend to make. I mean, if you look at statistics, uh, we're going to find things like uh, diets, you know, uh, uh, definitely are, are at the top of the list. Um, and it's, it's a love-hate, I think. it's a, It can be a love-hate relationship, don't you think, with resolutions? You know, it, <clears throat> excuse me, it can be a touchy topic. Excuse me one second. <clears throat> this is that wonderful wonderful South Louisiana weather that we have down here. You know, it was in the eighties at Christmas time, eighties, low eighties, but still eighties. And here we are in January is down in the, in the forties. And I know for you, it's probably not too cold, but for us, it's cold. <laughs> and when it's muggy, when it's just humid and cold and, uh, just, dark. Oh, it could be depressing, you know, and you have a lot of folks just get sick because it's that up and down, up and down. It's 81 day, 40 the next. That's kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, New Year's resolutions uh, can be a touchy topic. You know, some people love them and some people hate them. Uh, I, have, I have one friend, uh, Diana Von Glan, you know her as the Faithful Traveler at the Faithful Traveler. Com, posted something a year ago, last year, as we were entering into 2015. She said, every new Something is a reason to change something horrible about myself or to strive to do something better. I think that may be every new year, every new year, maybe. Uh, for Diana, uh, resolutions are a way to make progress in becoming the best that we can be, you know, the best that we can be. Uh, however, I have another friend, Mary DeTouris Poost. Uh, you can find her at um, notstrictlyspiritual.com not strictly spiritual.com. That is uh, married to tourist post. You can find her there. She believes that resolutions do not work and that it is time for a new approach. Uh, last year, both uh, Diana and Mary posted some things about uh, resolutions. And, you know, the, the truth is, the fact is that the, the, the statistics are scary. You know, 25% of the people who make resolutions for the new year abandon them after one week, after one week, they abandon them after one week. The average person makes the same resolution 10 separate times without success. And 95% of the people who lose weight on a diet 
regain it. Is that scary? I think that's kind of scary. So that's, that's, uh, when you think about these resolutions, it can be kind of, kind of tough. So what I did, this is going back to 2012. Uh, I wrote a, an article, it, it appeared in the, in our Sunday visitor back in December of 2012. Um, and I, I re-edited it or I should say I edited it and then republished it over at catholicfoodie.com. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. You can find it over there. Um, and I kind of updated it. That was for last year, but it's basically this. It's seven tips on how to make your New Year's resolution stick. Seven tips. And we're going to talk about those right now. You know, dieting and weight loss are the perennial favorites when it comes to New Year resolutions, um, in large part because they're so hard to keep. And so we end up making the same resolution year after year, you know, 10, 10 times without success. <laughs> That's the t- uh, statistic. Uh, but maybe, maybe this year will be different. Who knows, right? So here is a targeted plan that might help you as we rush headlong into 2016. And we're actually in 2016 now. Again, it's not too late to make resolutions. You can still do it. Think small. That's number one. Think small. One of the major reasons that we tend to fail our resolutions is that we try to take on too much. We want to be realistic, right? Instead of resolving to lose 30 pounds, let's resolve to lose 10. Uh, Then reassess. You know, instead of resolving to gather all members of the family together for dinner every night, try for three or four nights a week, one night a week, you know, maybe just on Sundays. Small steps help build confidence and also help build momentum. So, 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 uh, uh, think small. That's number one. Number two, go slow. Uh, trying to accomplish, uh, our resolutions too quickly can set us up for failure, but if we go slowly, we can make a major transformation that sticks. Uh, you can't go from couch potato to triathlete overnight, right? Uh, you want to start by walking in the morning or evening, And after walking for a week or two and starting to establish a new habit, you can step it up to a jog. You know, that's, you just want to go slow. Take, take your time. Don't make a radical shift because odds are we won't make it stick. Um, Number three. All right. So number, number one, again, number one is what? Think small. Number two, go slow. Number three, make a plan. You know, why are, why are you making a particular resolution? What's the reason behind it? We need to think through the why of our resolutions if we want to make them stick. Uh, we need to make a plan. We need to know the why, the what, and the how. Number four, write it down. I can't stress this one enough. I'm sure there's really not any magic to writing it down, but in my experience and in what I've read from others, the effect of writing it down is like magic. Make a plan, write it down, and keep it where you can see it often. Number five, call for backup. You've seen those intense TV cop dramas, right? Uh, what do officers do when there's even a chance that something could go wrong? They call for backup and show, shows, so should we. You know, having an accountability partner, partner for our resolutions can help us to push through in times of temptation and times of discouragement. And depending on what your resolution is, you may or may not want your spouse to be your, your, your partner. You know, I know that uh, for my, my wife, I, I don't think I want to have her be the accountability partner with my, say, dieting, let's say. <laughs> Um, I don't think it would, uh, it, it may, it may, uh, cause friction. Let's put it that way. So I may want to find somebody else and that's okay. We can do that. That's, that's a good thing. Number six, be ready to forgive. You know, failure happens. And, uh, if we're not prepared to pick ourselves up and move on when we fall, 
then we won't get very far with our resolutions. Matter of fact, we won't get very far in life if that's the case. Uh, If we fail in our resolutions, there's no need to throw in the towel. Let's just pick ourselves up, forgive ourselves, and try again. And then number seven is the most important. Let's pray. Uh, We can't do anything without God. We need the grace of God to make any changes in our lives. Uh, So we want to start and finish each day with prayer. If we do, we'll be surprised at how much has changed when we look back on 2016. If you find these tips effective in helping to make your New Year's resolutions stick, let me know. You can always leave voice feedback by calling me at 985-635-4974. I'd love to hear from you and play your feedback here on the show. You can also find me over at Facebook at facebook.com slash Catholic Foodie. And I'm on Twitter. My handle on, on Twitter is Catholic Foodie. You can find that at twitter.com slash Catholic Foodie. And of course, all that information is available over at CatholicFoodie.com. So with all this talk about resolutions, you might want to know what my resolution is this year. And uh, I think I could probably narrow it down to only uh, maybe one. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. I do want to say... I did take note. I really did. Um, looking at Facebook uh, over the holiday or the holiday weekend, I did take note at what friends were uh, recommending or, or what they were doing for their own resolutions and what they were recommending, what they were recommending for others to do. And I want to share some of those things with you today. A lot of people, a lot of people talking about resolutions. And you may have seen it. There was a, a meme that went around, you know, a little meme where you've got the photo. You also have words on it. And it was a, a picture of Pope Francis. And, and the meme was about uh, Pope Francis' uh, resolutions, his resolutions for 2016 or his the recommendations, what he would recommend uh, as resolutions for 2016. And the neat thing about this is that I found two different versions. I came across two different versions of these resolutions. One very, very simple. And this was just a meme. So I don't know what the origin is on this. Uh, I haven't done my homework, not fully. I need to research this to find out if it's accurate or not. Uh, but the other one I'm fairly certain about the source, it's from Word on Fire. That's Bishop Barron's uh, ministry, uh, Bishop Robert Barron, wordonfire.org. And I'm going to share that with you after the break. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. When you come to my house and I cook for you, Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, that might be a problem. What's the problem? I'm the best cook in the family, tell you. Oh, I did, didn't I? Twice. Okay, then. <laughs> oh. Um, it's just, uh, yeah. Ian is a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. He don't eat no meat? No, he doesn't eat meat. What do you mean he don't eat no meat? <laughs> Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I make lamb.
Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. And we're talking today about New Year's resolutions. We're talking about the Epiphany, the Feast of the Epiphany. And uh, before the break, I started to talk to you about these two uh, sources that I came across on uh, Facebook about uh, New Year's resolutions and Pope Francis, let's say. The, the first being a meme, which was a, just a, you know, a picture with uh, words on it. And the words were uh, New Year's resolutions, I guess, that were recommended by Pope Francis. Again, I don't know if this is accurate. I don't know if it uh, you know, can be 100% attributed to Pope Francis. I need to do a little more research there. But I thought it was kind of cool. It caught my eye for sure. And it was very simple. So it was 10 things, 10 resolutions. And, and these were the resolutions. Don't gossip. Finish your meals, which I think is kind of neat, you know, especially for, for maybe picky eaters or, or kids who aren't, uh, <laughs> who, um, you know, don't, who, who don't, don't like to eat a whole lot or, or, or for those of us who serve ourselves too much. And, uh, you know, if you had to finish your meal, you actually had to finish everything that's on your plate. We may not serve ourselves too much. That's interesting. Uh, number three, make time for others. I think it's very important, especially today in our selfie society. Uh, number four, choose the more humble purchase. Choose the more humble purchase. Number five, meet the poor in the flesh. That's very challenging. Very challenging today. And of course, I think we can look at uh, the definition of the poor in, in sort of a, a loose way. I think it's good to, to certainly good to serve the poor, uh, those who are materially poor. But as Mother Teresa used to say time and time again, we may have the poor living with us right in our own families, people who are lonely, people who are uh, who feel rejected, uh, people who um, just feel isolated, whatever it may be, people who are sick, who are, who are uh, struggling in life with so many different uh, burdens. And, and we could be a smile. We could be the touch of Jesus that helps them that day. Uh, so meet the poor in the flesh. Number six, stop judging others. Number seven, befriend those who disagree. That's another hard one too. Well, judging others, that's, that's hard to not do. And then to befriend those who disagree, that's, that's pretty tough too. We have to come out of our comfort zones. Number eight, make commitments such as marriage. I think that's a pretty big commitment. And what about those of us who've already made those commitments? I don't know. That's interesting though. Make commitments. It may be to an hour of adoration. Uh, once a week at church. It may be to um, participate, to join, perhaps to work with, to serve alongside of the Knights of Columbus, as another example. Uh, number nine, make it a habit to ask the Lord. So when we have a decision to make, we don't just Google what the possibilities are. We we go to the Lord. We go to prayer. We ask God. We ask Jesus what he would like for us to do. We go to him as a primary source of wisdom, of advice. That's really pretty cool. And number 10, be happy. Uh, referring here to the joy of the gospel. Pope Francis is famous, I believe, about talking about um, the, the, the gospel is something that should bring us joy right? It, it, it's a terrible thing to come across sad Christians, you know, that we should be uh, full of joy because of what the Lord has done for us and what the Lord is doing for us. So that's pretty cool. That again is from a meme. If you know 
if this is a, a valid source, if, if this is really from Pope Francis, I'd love to hear about it. Let me know. Give me a call, 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974. I'd love to play your feedback here on the show. Uh, or you can always email me, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Now, the other source I was talking about, I know for a fact is accurate. It's valid. Uh, this is from Bishop Barron, Bishop Robert Barron's ministry, Word on Fire. You can find it at wordonfire.org. Again, I will put a link in the show notes to uh, these 10 New Year's resolutions for you uh, from Pope Francis. It's Pope Francis' 10 New Year's resolutions. This was... Um, Posted, I think it was just, it was uh, on the 31st, on the last day of the year. All right, so this is what it says. Have you made any New Year's resolutions for 2016? If not, there's still time. Pope Francis has some ideas for you. And that is going to go back to, I guess, the Catholic News Service was the were the ones who originally um, reported on this. Uh, these are the 10 things that he called upon Vatican employees to do. And so by extension, we could say that uh, he calls us all uh, uh, to do this. This is originally 10 things he called upon the Vatican employees to do. Number one, take care of your spiritual life your relationship with God, because this is the backbone of everything we do and everything we are. Number two, take care of your family life, giving your children and loved ones not just money, but most of all, your time, attention, and love. Number three, take care of your relationships with others, transforming your faith into life and your words into good works, especially on behalf of the needy. Number four, be careful how you speak. Purify your tongue of offensive words, vulgarity, and worldly decadence. Number five, heal wounds of the heart with the oil of forgiveness. Forgiving those who have hurt us and medicating the wounds we have caused others. Very important, I think, in this year of mercy. Heal the wounds of the heart with the oil of forgiveness. Number six, look after your work, doing it with enthusiasm, humility, competence, passion, and with a spirit that knows how to thank the Lord. Number seven, be careful of envy, lust, hatred, and negative feelings that devour our interior peace and transform us into destroyed and destructive people. Number eight, Watch out for anger that can lead to vengeance, for laziness that leads to existential euthanasia, for pointing the finger at others, which leads to pride, and for complaining continually, which leads to desperation. Number nine, take care of brothers and sisters who are weaker, the elderly, the sick, the hungry, the homeless, and strangers, because we will be judged on this. Very important. And then number 10, making sure your Christmas is about Jesus and not about shopping. That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, a very good list and clearly rooted in Catholic teachings, but presented in a way that uh, even non-Catholics can embrace. Uh, awesome. I'll put a link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. This comes from Word on Fire. Dot org. And I tell you, that last one about uh, 
Christmas. You know, we, we are still in the Christmas season. I mentioned earlier in the show that, you know, Epiphany traditionally celebrated on January 6th. Epiphany is the culmination of the 12 days of Christmas. You know, Christmas is a season. Advent is a season. It leads into Christmas. Christmas is a season that really doesn't end until the feast of the baptism of the Lord. So we're still in the the Christmas season. So sad. I mean, it is just so sad to see uh, people boxing up Christmas on December 26th. Uh, and I, I was thinking about that in mass uh, yesterday, uh, the the feast of the epiphany celebrated early here in the United States on uh, Sunday, uh, January 3rd this year. Uh, I was thinking about that, how, you know, the Christmas season, if you want to see, if you want to see a radical uh, line drawn in the sand between uh, Catholics and or Christians and um, the secular world, you can see it. I mean, Christmas just highlights it. You, know, you can see it so clearly uh, because we continue to celebrate Christmas. We continue. It's not just about the presents. It's not just about the shopping. It's not just about the tree. You know, and all the decorations, that's all, you know, the, the tree is part of it. It's not a bad thing to buy gifts for people and for your family. It's not a bad thing. Uh, but the secular world, right, that's that's what it's all about. It's about the presence. It's about, uh, I guess, the nostalgic feelings of, of Christmases of yesteryear. Uh, but for Christians, for Catholics in particular, for those of us who are part of uh, uh, the liturgical tradition, right? The, the Catholics, um, also our, our Orthodox uh, brothers and sisters, uh, we see very clearly in our liturgical celebrations that Christmas isn't over. You know, here we are. Uh, I, I had friends I talked to a day or two after Christmas and they had already packed everything up. It was already over. They were, they were getting ready to get back into normal life. You know, the holidays were done. And I'm, I'm, I'm walking in the office saying Merry Christmas <laughs> to everybody. Um, is a real, a real difference there. You know, a real difference there. It was so awesome to walk back into church yesterday for the Feast of the Epiphany to see all the trees still there, the, the Christmas decorations, right? The nativity scene still there. Uh, the trees, the poinsettias, all, all these signs that we have every year of Christmas, that it was still here and we are still in the Christmas season. Such a beautiful thing. And so to remember that, and to remember that, I, I'm still saying Merry Christmas. Go to go to Facebook and, and look at my uh, the, the cover photo on, on the Catholic foodie page, right? It's still Merry Christmas. He's got three wise men there, but it's Merry Christmas because uh, that's what it is. Uh, that's where we are. That's what we're celebrating. That's what it's all about. It's all about the fact that Jesus came, that God became man in Jesus Christ and nothing, nothing in creation has been the same since. Uh, it, it radically changed everything, the incarnation. Uh, we talk about uh, the theology of the body, popular topic today that Pope John Paul II, his teachings on Genesis, you know, and beyond on the theology of the body. Uh, it finds the, I guess, the apex, right, of the theology of the body is in the incarnation. I mean, we see the, the beginnings of it, even in Genesis and the creation story and the sacramentality of creation, but the apex, the, the high point is in uh, the incarnation. God becoming man and Jesus. And that's what we're celebrating, man. This is awesome stuff. It's it's our salvation. It's 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 incredible. We we need to spread the word. Let everybody know about it. It's pretty cool. 
And we'll talk more about that and recipes right here at the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Catholic Foodie Show. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. We're talking New Year's resolutions. We're talking uh, epiphany today. And I'm going to give you a recipe for my Lebanese spinach and lentil soup in this segment. Uh, you know, about the, the resolutions, I gave you a lot of ideas uh, about resolutions that could be made, some of them based on things that uh, Pope Francis has uh, said or written, uh, and and hope hope you find that to be uh, helpful. And I also share with you the seven uh, seven tips or tools that we could use to help our new, our new year resolutions stick, right? New year's resolutions stick, uh, because statistically, they're not gonna. <laughs> and that's why I really appreciated a, 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 a note, I guess, a status update that I came across on Facebook uh, the other day. It was uh, uh, Father Samuel Medley, uh, who is a priest, uh, Father Samuel Medley. And uh, he talked about like what are New Year's resolutions. And he kind of gave uh, a number of, of just thoughts, just general thoughts about them and how how these resolutions can help us because they can be helpful uh, instead of winding up being something that just peters out you know, putters out or whatever that phrase is uh, in just a few days or, or a few weeks. And this is what he had to say. He said, you know, they can be good. You know, if we're real realistic about, if you are realistic about the evaluation of your life, and I'm, I'm going to read it just the way he has it here, uh, and about actual steps you can truly make to improve it. It is far better to examine your life at the end of each day and adjust daily your real behavior based on actual experience, making resolutions that are one step, not 10 in the right direction. Catholics do this, he says, every time at night prayer or, or Compline. And that's true. You know, if you pray the divine office, the liturgy of the hours that we, we do night prayer, uh, at the very beginning, there, there's a, the normal introduction or, or beginning of the prayer. And then there's a period of silence. There's a period of time where we're supposed to examine our consciences. And uh, this is a great time uh, uh, daily to, to do that, to do a little examine of how our day went, what our behavior was like, how our prayer was, and then perhaps making resolutions on how we could do better the next day. So we're just doing it like a day at a time instead of, you know, a year. I think is what his his point is here. Uh, He says, uh, being truly realistic and honest with yourself means uh, that you exercise a certain level of suspicion in your own capacity to keep promises. Wow. Uh, Are your resolutions measurable in time or resources? If not, they're probably pie in the sky and pretty ideas with no teeth. So you want to make reachable goals, accomplish them, set new ones daily. That's very good. I like that. He says, being honest about yourself means that you also avoid self-loathing, undue, harsh self-criticism that isn't founded on the love that God has for you, but the negative self-perception that is born from the dark shadow of not yet accepting his undying love and all the cracks and corners of your misery. Wow. God is patient with you. Why aren't you? <laughs> I love that. That is so true. We, we are often our own worst enemies, right? We, we very, very hard on ourselves. 
He continues, he says, thus resolutions of changed behavior are based on true hope, neither on false presumption nor on empty despair, but the divine love that gives true hope for actual change for the better. Real resolutions must needs be reflected in your relationships of those closest to you, the people around you that see uh, that you see are the most immediate mirror of how you actually behave. Like my wife, as an example for me, my kids, uh, are they better off or do they have to recover from contact with you? Wow. Let's not ask them that right now. <laughs> we had a, we had a rough day uh, a few days ago. Anyway, uh, do rejoice. Uh, do you rejoice in them or do you do you rejoice them or do you embitter them? That That's very tough. Those are hard questions. Those are tough questions. Uh, they engender hope, joy, and enthusiasm for life fully lived and lived well. That That's really an amazing. I love what he has to say about this because it's pretty tough. It's really tough because he makes he, he's trying to make us get real, right? And I think that's kind of hard to do sometimes, to get real. Uh, so I'm going to post this again in the show notes over at Catholic Foodie. Com. You can find them there. You know, I will say I'm going to share with you a recipe uh, today, a Lebanese uh, spinach and, and lentil soup or lentil and spinach soup. Either way, you have lentils and spinach in there. They're both in there. And uh, I tell you, I, I was a picky eater. I've said this before that for years uh, I did not like beans. I, I ran away from them. I was forced to eat them when I was a child. And, uh, oh, I just didn't like it. it. It wasn't the taste. It had nothing to do with the taste. Taste was great. Red beans and rice with andouille sausage in it. Oh, I love it. The taste. The problem was the texture. I did not like the texture of the beans. It was kind of a gritty texture. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but the beans were kind of gritty and it almost just, it was a very, very uncomfortable feeling in my mouth. I just did not like it. So I didn't want to eat them. And a matter of fact, whenever I was forced to eat my beans when I was a child, I developed this uh, coping mechanism. It was called large glasses of water because what I would do is take a mouthful and I would not chew them. I would drink them. I would uh, take a mouthful of beans and then take a big swig of water and, and wash them straight down. And I did that for, I don't know, probably years. I don't know. It wasn't until I came, well, actually when I was in Mexico, I lived in Mexico for two years with uh, Mother Teresa's priest, the Missionaries of Charity Fathers. And I was 18 when I went there. So from the years of 18 to 20, I was there. And uh, that's when I learned to actually enjoy uh, beans. And, uh, and I enjoy them to this day. You know, lentils are teeny tiny things. They're really small, uh, but they pack a big punch when it comes to flavor. They're excellent source of fiber. Uh, they're heart healthy. They're known for lowering cholesterol. They're full of B vitamins and protein. They stabilize blood sugar levels and they are an excellent source of iron. And not to mention, or I should say, in addition, in addition to that, they are super fast to cook. So if you're looking for something to cook fast and let's say you forgot to, um, to make something, you want to cook something really, really quickly, uh, lentils are great. Because unlike most other beans, the ones that I love, like the red beans for, you know, red beans and rice or, or white navy peas, I love those. Uh, all those kinds of beans, those hard beans, they have to be soaked overnight. Uh, or you, there's, a, there's a way that you can kind of fast soften them 
Uh, I don't like to do it that way. I like to soak them overnight uh, and then and then cook them. Um, but lentils, not so. Not so. They are so small. They cook very quickly. So this is what you need. This is a, a traditional Lebanese uh, dish. Super delicious, super yummy, full of flavor. It's three tablespoons of regular olive oil or, or coconut oil. You don't want to use extra virgin because extra virgin can burn at higher levels. You want two large onions finely chopped, five cloves of garlic minced. Of course, this is all to taste. If you don't want that much garlic, please don't put that much. Two teaspoons of ground cumin, a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, again, to taste. If you want less cayenne, please do reduce that amount. Uh, Two cups of red or brown lentils picked over and rinsed. Just make sure there's no stones in it, anything like that. Uh, Rinse them. 10 cups of water, uh, a quarter cup of fresh mint, if you have it on hand. If you have to use uh, uh, dried mint, that, that, that's okay. But fresh mint, preferably. You want that chopped. Uh, one bunch of fresh spinach chopped. And look, I, we made this yesterday. I didn't have fresh spinach. I use spinach from uh, from the store in the freezer, right? The, the chopped spinach, the frozen chopped spinach. It works great. Works great. Tastes great. Uh, the zest of one lemon, the juice of one lemon, and then kosher salt and freshly cracked black pepper to taste. And then to top it off, and this is going to be served like with the bowl, right? When you serve the bowl, once it's finished cooking, is is labin, is what we call it. It's a... Uh, it's, um, it's a yogurt based. It's yogurt. Uh, you can use a full fat Greek yogurt. And sometimes we like to, to make this thing called labne, labne, labne. And what it is, is it's the yogurt mixed with uh, lemon juice and a little salt. Uh, you don't have to do that. You could just use the yogurt. I love, um, was it Faye? Is is a full fat Greek yogurt. I love the Faye yogurt. If you can actually get your hands on labin, it's wonderful. It's a, a Middle Eastern uh, yogurt, very thick yogurt. Um, anyway, here's what you, it, what I would do is just put a dollop of that right there in the middle of the bowl of the, the Lebanese uh, spinach and lentil soup. Here's how you want to make it. In a large uh, stainless steel pot, you want to saute the onions and the olive oil uh, over medium-high heat until they start to soften about three minutes. You want to turn the heat down to medium-low and continue to cook until they start to caramelize. That's going to take another three to four minutes or so. Depends on your stove. It could be a little bit longer or it could be less. You have to keep your eye on them. You want to stir in the garlic. Cook that for two minutes. Stir in frequently. You don't want it to burn. Uh, add the cumin, the cayenne, and stir that in. Mix it well. Add the lentils and the water. Increase the heat to high. Bring it to a boil. Once the soup starts to boil, reduce it to medium to medium-low and allow it to simmer until the uh, lentils are soft. It's about 30 minutes. You want to add the mint then and the salt and pepper to taste. Uh, if you want a creamier soup, you can mash some of the lentils against the side of the pot with a large stainless steel spoon uh, you know, once they're softened and you stir it well. Once the lentils have attained the desired softness and, uh, and, and you're ready to serve it, then you want to add the spinach. You know, you can chop the spinach uh, or if you use the frozen, just throw it in there. Uh, if, if you don't want to chop it, if you're using fresh and you don't want to chop it, just throw the, the whole leaves in. That's fine. They, they're going to shrink anyway. Then you want to add the lemon zest and lemon juice. Taste and tweak with salt and pepper. Serve in bowls. Garnish with a dollop of the Labin or the Greek full fat, thick, yummy, delicious yogurt and uh, boy you talk about a treat that is that is a lot of uh, a lot of nutrition and a lot of yumminess right there in that bowl and uh, it's great for families kids love it old people love it middle aged people love it 
like me? <laughs> Everybody loves it. It's good. Thank you so much for being with me here today on the Catholic Foodie Show. Thank you so much for listening. I, I would love to hear from you. I want to know what your resolutions are this year. Give me a call, 985-635-4974. And uh, until next time, which will be tomorrow, bon appetit.